I'm Jason Ariola. And I'm Dominic Chavis, and this is Rock Out With Your Card Out. Fantastic start. So, Dominic has been with me since uh, since episode two, and joining us today is going to be our first guest. And if you listen to one of our other podcasts, Multimedia Failure, you will know her as the composer of our theme song. Joining us today is Megan Carnes. Hello. Or should I say, uh, Megan, calm down, Carnes. Carnes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. so glad when you got married, you kept that because that's. Uh, I, I just love being able to go on Twitter randomly, just like calm down, Carnes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um my husband's last name is Loughborough, and nobody knows how to spell it or how to pronounce it when they see it written and i was just like nah gonna keep my name <laughs> <laughs> that was probably a good call my wife's maiden name was murphy and the more i thought about it i probably should have changed my last name so <laughs> I'm like you know what i should have taken her name it's like i've gotten Jason Aurelio, Aurelio, Ravioli. I'm like, there's not even a V in there, guys. You're not even trying. <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to talk about uh, about weirdo last names. Today, we are going to be talking about Megan Carnes, uh, her work, and the game she recently put out, Interview. So, uh, Megan, why don't you go ahead and start us off with, like, what got you into music initially? So, when I was really little, like, a toddler... I was really into these movies called Baby Songs. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's basically just like these songs for little kids. They were VHS tapes and they had little skits to go along with those songs. And I was obsessed with them, but I didn't actually start getting involved in music myself until I was eight. And my school had an orchestra and I decided to try playing violin and loved it and just kept playing violin all the way through college and everything. But uh, when I was in high school, we played a Lord of the Rings medley. And then it kind of hit me like, oh, it was somebody's job to compose this. Someone actually got paid to make the music for this movie. Like, I don't know (laughs) why it hadn't occurred to me before (laughs) that people did that. But, and I had already been like, writing my own little melodies and stuff. But, you know, I was like, nobody's employed as a composer. (laughs) Just something they do for fun on the side, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, I can do this. And ever that was like freshman year of high school. And ever since I had that realization, I was like, okay, 
Like, let's pursue this. Although for a while it was kind of, I saw it more as like a dream job that wasn't practical. So I wasn't really going to pursue it. But once I got to college and tried majoring in other things, I realized that, you know, there wasn't anything else I wanted to do. So yeah, that was probably a really long answer to your question but that's that yeah. that's exactly what we're looking for so don't worry mm-hmm. about it it would be really weird if you gave us like a one word or like one sentence thing i like music <laughs> yeah that's true yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna say I, I can't edit in things i can edit out stuff but editing in things be a little difficult <laughs> is there a particular style or like composers that sort of like influenced you um as far as like just what you kind of do because i I hear your stuff and i'm like that's make it i know your stuff well enough now that i'm like i know what kind of style you compose in so i'm wondering if like there was anything in particular or anyone in particular that has sort of influenced what you've gotten yourself into man that was a dumb question (laughs) (laughs) no um no it's good and thank you for saying you recognize my style i always love hearing that But I think one of my early influences, I guess, was Philip Glass. He does a lot of just like minimalism and manages to say a lot and portray these big emotions and such with very simple melodies and not necessarily always full orchestra. And it uses a lot of repetition, but it kind of forces you to listen to the chords or the rhythms, even if they're simple, by not having very complex melodies or harmonies or anything. And I really liked that. I kind of like keeping things simple and trying not to be too complicated in my music. I think there's a lot more complexity than you're giving yourself credit for. The um, I forget the name of the track off the top of my head, but it was the one that uh, Josie Breckner sort of... I. That was how you and I uh, became Twitter pals was she tweeted something about your new track, I think, and or she had said sad bloops, I believe. Right. I don't remember. I am trying to remember what track it was, but (laughs) she had described it as like, I love the sad bloops. And I I was listening to it. I'm like, oh, that's exactly that's exactly what she's talking about. I get it. I I totally see the sad bloops in this. (laughs) So and you know what? I'm going to dig it up and I'll I'll insert the track here. This way I don't sound like a complete babbling moron. (laughs) Cool. That works.
Yeah. Like I said, that was the track that introduced me to your style. And I started digging around a little bit more. And I was just like, man, the technical end and all the chords and stuff like that. I don't, it's weird. It doesn't really ever connect in my brain, but I start recognizing styles. And (laughs) I I don't want to say like I'm an idiot savant because it's more idiot than savant of of anything. (laughs) But like I can listen to stuff and I'm like, oh, that's probably this person. And there's just something that like keeps in my brain that I can keep track of that, but my brain can't figure out exactly why that is, I guess. I mean, <laughs> that's cool. It's a cool skill to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Like the more I listened to game music as I got older and started to appreciate it more, I would like, oh, that's that sounds like this game. That's weird. And then like as I got older, I'd start looking it up and I'm like, oh, that's why that sounded familiar, because the composers are the same. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think in games and film in particular, people get hired because the game developer or director or whatever likes their particular style. Then they're like, hey, I like what you did for this game. Do something kind of similar for this game. And so that's kind of nice because instead of putting the person in a box and forcing them to, you know, write something that wouldn't necessarily be their style they kind of like are able to use their own style. That's what good game directors do anyways. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So getting back to interview, what made you decide you wanted to try making your own game? I mean, I've always had the idea in my my head. Like I I, want to do this, but every time I've kind of sat down to look at something, I'm like, I, I uh, just get that terrified, (laughs) like deer in a headlights look like, Nope, not doing this. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I've been composing for film since 2010 or so, and I didn't really grow up playing games that much as a kid. Like, I played a couple Nintendo games, like, with my brother and such, but, you know, nothing I got super duper into. And then I started getting into gaming in my 20s and realized, like, oh, I would love to compose for games as well. It's a completely different skill set composing for games and it would yeah it would just be fun to do both but nobody really wants to hire you to compose music for their game if you haven't done music for a game before right. which totally makes sense like they want you to be experienced and i was kind of like all right well i could compose for someone else's game for free which i don't really want to do or I could make my own game just out of spite because nobody will hire me. <laughs> <I like> that <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> you kind of remind me of my wife's attitude in that thing. Like she's in the middle of like an accounting class right now and she absolutely hates it. And it, it, she's like not struggling, but she's like struggling with it. But she still has a hundred in the class because she's just doing it out of spite. <laughs> like, Oh, this is hard. I'll show you. Fuck you. <laughs> That's awesome. Go her. But oh, yeah, it, really, I wanted to make something a lot simpler than interview ended up being. I just wanted to make some kind of little demo to show that I can do interactive music. Um, but then it just kind of turned into a full fledged game. <laughs> So when you started kind of thinking about interview, how long were you working on it? And kind of walk me through the process of how, like, you got your initial idea and what it ended up becoming. Like, was there a turning point specifically where you were like, 
oh, Jesus, no, no, I've got a better idea. Let me do this instead or something along those lines. Yeah, it started off really simple. I knew I kind of wanted to do the like visual novel format, like no complicated animations or anything that I would have to deal with because I really don't know how to do any of that. I was like, okay, if I just have some text and you get to pick an answer, like, you know, I can do that. But then I did a Kickstarter and I was like, I should hire an artist just to make some art. And I realized that a friend of mine, Seiju Schatz, um, would be perfect. And that's when I was like, oh, he makes really great art. I actually think I want this to be more so I can have more of his art in the game, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I had the idea. I don't know when exactly it happened, but I was already planning on your interview answers like each answer bringing up a layer of music. But when I decided to have a bunch of his art in the game, I was like, oh, like each answer could also bring up a layer of art. And yeah, it just kind of snowballed. Like each feature was something (laughs) that I added on later. (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, the game has like animated fireflies and I definitely wasn't planning on having (laughs) any animation whatsoever. It was kind of like, me being like, oh, that would be really pretty. Like, <laughs> damn it, I like that idea. I have to add it now. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Just wonderful. Like, of all the times I get creative, I couldn't have just been like, the, 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 the skate my way through this part. <laughs> yeah. And also just like, I don't know, for example, towards the end, I don't want to get into spoilers, but right, basically right. when the interviewer is explaining why you're there, the music kind of changes while she's explaining it. Um just it was mostly me trying not to make the music boring but that was something i added at the very end because i was i don't know i just kept wanting to make the game better (laughs) (laughs) well i think it definitely added something to it and it also like you were sort of saying before it effectively a demo reel of sorts so people can hire you to compose for their games i think showing that you it wasn't just this one melody kind of playing throughout the like as it got introduced changing it to something different like hey look i can do more it's like this is this is how i work i'm perfectly capable of doing this and i'm pretty good at it and you should probably check me out and hire me (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you so in interactive music i don't know if you know this already so i might just be like being super pedantic no by all means go ahead In uh, interactive composing, there's basically two kinds of composing. Uh, There's vertical composing and horizontal composing. Dominic, this is where you're going to come in here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And vertical composing is kind of what's happening in the game as you're answering a question and a new layer gets added on top each time. That's vertical composing because it's kind of stacking things on top of the other. Towards the end of the game, when it actually switches to the different type of music that's an example of horizontal composing so i kind of wanted to show off both skills so that's why i did that i guess i probably didn't explain that very well but yes i think i got it so there's let me see so as something is going on like in the game as far as moving something along you add a layer of the music in which like i i messaged you before that i loved how you did that and then when something's a little bit more static, the horizontal thing, because it's just, it stays where it is rather than building on top of it. Am I kind of getting that right? 
Kind of. You got the vertical part right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't explain horizontal very well. So basically, <laughs> horizontal composing is actually a different piece of music, but they can switch smoothly between the two, basically. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> don't ever feel like you're not explaining something well. Like I said, it, uh, it might just be me, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, as far as influences go, was there like a particular influence that you maybe picked up ideas for interview from? So there are all different kinds of music in there. I really like the Child of Light soundtrack, and I think you can kind of hear that influence depending on what layers you pick. But Mm -hmm. then if you go for the more kind of synthy electronic layers, I think I drew some influence from like Ben Prunty, who did the Faster Than the Light and Into the Breach soundtracks. That's right. Yep. I knew that. As soon as you said that name, I was like, that name sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, I can maybe hear a little bit of influence from him in there, and also maybe the portal. So yeah, it's kind of weird because there are so many different, you know, different layers of music, and each is kind of a different instrument, different style. So I kind of drew from a lot of different places, I guess. Cool, because I was thinking, oh man, I, I am absolutely just blanking that i think it's like doki doki something it's not it's not doki doki panic i know that it's it was oh, like a the, pe- 
It was like a PS3. Literature Club? No, it was like a PS3, PS4, and Vita game. And it's like Doki something. And I am drawing an absolute blank as to what it is now. But I don't know. It basically like it would ask you these questions. And the way you answered them would kind of form. It would, I don't want to say almost figure out like what your personality type is. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of what it did, and it was like really weird. Um, yeah, I've never played that game, but I guess it kind of was the mechanics of it were kind of influenced by like you know like online personality quizzes or whatever or the ones you see in like teen magazines. Are you a rock? <laughs> it's like are, which cast member are you? Are you Rachel? Are you Edith? Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of those things. Except yeah, this was interesting. I... <laughs> Yeah, I um, did a ton of those as a kid and teenager. I loved them. So I'm sure that influenced it unconsciously. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. The the earliest example of something like that I can think of is in Dragon Quest V, I believe. Uh, It starts asking you questions and they get really deep and philosophical. And boy, if like the the person that you're answering them to, it kind of a little scary, like how close it hits the home with just how accurate of a person you are. And this is coming from like a Super Famicom game. And it's like, oh, I, I'm creeped out. Why does my Super Nintendo know me this well? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's almost disturbing, but it's something, um, if you guys ever get a chance, I, I would recommend at least just checking that out. I mean, it's like in the first like few seconds of the game, basically. It's just like, I, why, uh, why, why, why are <laughs> oh, you creeping just... me out so much? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Goes right into it, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for something, you know, of that vintage. I mean, God, we're talking, you know, 20-something years old now at this point. Like I said, it's something I would have expected more from, uh, you know, a college uh, supercomputer thing or something like that, or network computers instead of, you know, a Super Nintendo cartridge. It's like, okay, well, that's weird. Why are you doing this to me? It's like, I shouldn't be having an existential crisis at 13 years old. What's going on? Yeah, damn. Thank you.
So Megan, uh, some of the, your favorite game composers, can you name some of them? Yeah. I love the Child of Light soundtrack is probably my absolute favorite game soundtrack. Um, hmm. It's probably going to be a lot of what I listed as influences <laughs> for okay, so it's- interview, but yeah, Ben Prenti's great. The Breath of the Wild soundtrack, I'm playing Breath of the Wild right now, and I'm okay. obsessed. <laughs> and the music's really good. Let's see. The Bastion soundtrack is great. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that Breath of the Wild soundtrack is very minimalist, I think, is the best way to go. And sometimes you don't even realize it's there. Yeah, it's... I like that. Um, I like when games aren't overscored. Um, and I love the music when you're in the Lost Woods. It's my favorite. One of my favorite uh, music moments in video games, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like it's very mysterious. And, I don't know. It sets the tone really, really well, I think.
uh, that theme overall is definitely one of my favorites. I think the first time it was really in the series was A Link to the Past, and just that kind of like eerie, mysterious, but not like not antagonistically eerie, just sort of like this is kind of a weird place, you know? I really dig that vibe, and what they did with that theme in Breath of the Wild was pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I actually, so like I said, I didn't grow up playing many video games. Um, I played a bit of Ocarina of Time, but yeah, this is the only Zelda game I've really played, which is like a weirdly, like slightly embarrassing thing to say because <laughs> I feel like most of the people I talk to, are, you know, like huge gamers as kids. I'm like, yeah, I don't know a lot of the like classic games. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You know, you gotta get your start somewhere. And, you know, some things just aren't for some people. That's perfectly fine. Mm. I mean, where uh, Dominic and I sort of have met on a good medium here is I'm, like, super into video game music. And I have, like, hundreds of albums. And, you know, I've been kicking him some here and there just to, like, get ideas for the show. And it's just, like, it's cool to see him get the musical side of it down that i'm not getting and then the more i listen to stuff i'm like oh okay i see what you're talking about there you know what i mean yeah for sure and i feel like i draw a lot of influence from non-video game composers like film and classical composers a lot i mean i have you know certain games where i love the soundtrack but yeah i feel like i'm not as into game music as I maybe should be seeing as I work in game music. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I love all like my friends and colleagues music, but yeah, I think it's just that, you know, I didn't grow up on games. I was more raised on films so I can name tons of film composers who I love. Whereas games are like a little harder for me. I don't know. It's a weird thing. No, I don't think that's weird at all. I mean, you know, you grow up, with a certain thing, certain things influence you more. I mean, like I said, I, I've always had a sort of a weird thing with like actors. Like I've never been great at remembering people's like names. Like I'll see their face. And I'm like, Oh, that was this guy from that. And that was because I've always very casual movie fan, which is weird that I'm hosting a video game movie podcast too. <laughs> Cause I look at it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's that guy. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's the recognition for me sometimes isn't there for, people were is like john and vanessa and some of our other guests have been like oh that's this person from this you don't recognize them I'm like nope never never saw that sorry guys <laughs> so i was too busy playing video games thank you very much so yeah <laughs> it's fair so about how far back game music wise do you think you would go like what was sort of like maybe the first soundtrack that really stuck out to you pokemon i played uh pokemon head blue on game boy as a kid and I really liked all the themes. And that is full of such memorable themes for, like, every city. And, of course, like, the Lavender Town music everyone knows is super creepy. Oh, yeah.
But yeah, also, um, like, I feel like that's one of the best battle themes in all of video games is the Pokemon battle music. I love it. It's great. I completely agree, because it's so good at being adaptable to, like, you can hear the theme underlying throughout, and then depending on, like, who you're fighting, it changes a little bit. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Have you played uh, the Let's Go games yet? No, um, I have not. I have Pokemon Go on my phone. Mm-hmm. I just haven't bought Let's Go yet. Um, I don't know. Switch games are expensive, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. Uh, especially, <laughs> especially like, you know, my daughter's favorite Pokemon is Eevee. So I had to get Eevee, but I also wanted to make sure I had a game to play for myself. So I got Let's Go Pikachu. So that was, mm-hmm. uh, that was an expensive uh, endeavor <laughs> for us. But yeah. the, the soundtrack, it is remarkably faithful to the original Pokemon soundtracks, except it's like just completely orchestrated. And I think it was maybe even the first episode, Dominic, you and I did together. We had talked about it and I had mentioned that the about the soundtrack. I think I recall something like that. Yeah, I think you had said something to the effect of you wouldn't want them to change it because it's so iconic and it's really hard to imagine that being mm, that's orchestrated. And man oh man they did a fantastic job orchestrating the music it's the soundtrack uh, you know you can buy it on itunes or amazon music or wherever and it comes with the soundtrack for let's go and it also comes with the soundtrack for pokemon yellow so it's really great to have hmm. like the comparison points for both of those soundtracks yeah that's really cool uh they also did that for the anime they took the game boy music and orchestrated it put it in the TV show, which I thought was pretty cool. That's right. Okay. I completely yeah. forgot about that. I, it's been a long time since I've actually watched the TV show. Well, not that long. My daughter was super into it, so. <laughs> oh, it's good. I rewatched it recently. <laughs> but I only know, um, my God, I forget the region. Whatever the one with the original 151. Kanto. I don't watch... Yes, I don't watch uh, beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have recently got into um, some of the more, I guess, recent ones. And maybe even like the ones that took place in, I think, like the third generation. And that's where Team Rocket ends up getting Wobbuffet, which is like this blue, like, weirdo thing that it does this weird salute. And it has become my favorite, one of my favorite Pokemon, like top five. Because it's just <laughs> comically dumb how silly the thing is. Like... It'll sit there and just lava fat, lava fat, and it, it'll just come up and at the end of the Team Rock introduction and go, you know, Meowth will come in and Meowth, that's right, and then Waba Fat, Waba Fat, it'll hold up his arm and salute and do the little ping noise. It's, it is just absolutely ridiculous, and it's just become one of my favorite little Pokemon things now. So, that's right, That's awesome. I love Pokemon Go. Because I really only know the original 151, so whenever I see like a Pokemon that's not from the original ones, I'm like, I'm like Ash in the first episode when he sees like a Pidgey, and he's like, "What's that? That's so cool!" <laughs> I've never seen this before. And actually, yeah. I had I had never noticed this, and Dominic's the one who pointed this out to me. In the I think it's the first episode of the series, Dominic. Right? It doesn't Ho-Oh fly over or something. Yeah, I think it's like the. Uh... I think like the second episode in the series. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch. That was like one of the legendary Pokemon from the. Is it the second generation, Dom? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Hello. Yeah, and it like I had never noticed it, and I sort of fell off after the first generation. 
I went to a rather rough high school and I, I've said multiple times mm-hmm. on this podcast and every other podcast I've done that I think the bravest thing I've ever done in my life was walk around with a Game Boy Pocket with uh, playing Pokemon at this school. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a bunch of like gangbangers and cholos and stuff and I'm sitting there like, I'm just playing Pokemon, guys. <laughs> what? What? Time to get stuff to the locker again? Okay. <laughs> Oh, no. Just let me have a light, little light so I can see my Pokemans. <laughs> that's about how I felt with it. So. <laughs> but that's great. I didn't know you were into Pokemon like like the 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 original generation. That's oh god, I love 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 love, love the like the original generation. There's been some that they've updated or in the like you know the more recent generations that I really like because White Penguins and Piplup I think is like a starter from the fourth generation. Mm-hmm. And it's just this little cute blue penguin, and I just I love it. And it's it's got this little sassy pants attitude in the cartoon too that I just really like it <laughs> because it'll sit there just like pip up and it'll like turn its head and just like Ugh, at you basically. It's, great. <laughs> it's been it's been cool discovering all this stuff with my daughter as she's kind of watching it through. And then my I think I was looking through like uh, like YouTube looking for like a Wobbuffet thing, and we found this ten minute compilation of just every time Wobbuffet like does something silly. And my son and I probably watched that on a loop for like four or five times, <laughs> just laughing at it because he just thought it was the silliest thing in the world and just sat there. And it's pretty great, you know, even if you're not, not a big fan of kids or whatever, but it's pretty great hearing like a two or three year old laughing for 10 minutes continuously <laughs> about at the same <laughs> stupid thing. I love it. Uh, so as far as game soundtracks go, um, we talked about Pokemon and stuff. Is there any others that not influenced you, but you've just kind of like dug into and like, oh, this is really cool. I'm kind of surprised I'm into this. Like any of that have surprised you? Hmm. As far as surprising me, I guess. So everyone loves the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack, right? Um, I'm kind of ambivalent <laughs> about it, honestly. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I really like it. Okay. And it's kind of surprising to me that I like it so much because normally like bad MIDI sounds, I just can't get past, (laughs) but (laughs) I like that soundtrack so much that whenever I hear, you know how they do like video game orchestras and have actual orchestras play the music from final fantasy seven or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's to the point where I don't really like it with, the real orchestras because <laughs> I'm just so used to uh, the bad MIDI sounds and I've grown to love them. <laughs> you know, my favorite track out of that soundtrack is probably the, the high wind theme where you're flying around on the airship. Yeah, that's a good one. I really dig that one.
we replayed Final Fantasy VII for a game club about two or three years ago when it first came out on the PS4. And going back to it, some of the songs in there, the tracks in there that I, 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 like I said, I was always sort of ambivalent about the game in general. Maybe even I had a little bit of a disdain for it for a while because maybe the fandom surrounding it. And then like when I played it originally, the third disc was so scratched when I got to it, I couldn't get into the crater. Oh. So I sort of had this thing of like, oh, I just spent 40 hours of my life and now I can't finish this game. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bummer. (laughs) So I sort of threw it off to the side and chalked it up to like, I don't like this game. And then when we replayed it, I was like, oh, it's not terrible. I don't mind it after all. But it was kind of nice going back to it, listening to the soundtrack. I'm like, oh, you know what? There were some things in this I like. Because the the thing everyone sorts to point to is One Winged Angel. And I, 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 it must be just the fandom that has turned me off from that song because I listened to it and I'm like, I should like this. And I'm just like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not as into that as I am into other parts of the soundtrack. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is there any other particulars that out of that one that, or that you're interested in that you feel like, Oh, this is really cool. I really like this one. Uh, I'm so bad at remembering like specific tracks well that one's a like 70 track uh, soundtrack so i think you'd be forgiven if you don't remember the name (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm trying to remember like specific moments okay so spoilers of the sad Aerith death music (laughs) (laughs) oh no really good don't 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 spoil this like 20 something year old game (laughs) what are we gonna do
Yeah, I think that it's so sad. It's so good. That might be my favorite musical moment. Yeah, Uematsu is really good at sad music, I've noticed. Yes, and I like sad music. <laughs> as we as we refer to the, the track that I was introduced to your work for with the sad bloops. I'm really curious to see which song this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what game had, like, surprisingly good music that people don't talk about the soundtrack that much? Hmm. Civ Five, and it's all classical music, pretty much. Like, actual classical pieces but you know Dvorak and stuff not all but a lot of it huh. I, you and know, I it just, didn't know that it just works so well I really like classical music so I don't know I really liked hearing it in that setting it works very well I think in a Civ game or would work very well in a Civ game I can't say from personal experience but it makes sense in a Civ game yeah exactly it works for the context so the track I was thinking of uh, is Solar oh Bad Bloops does work for that. Yep, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I could picture it, and I probably should have just said, like, the image you had on um, SoundCloud for it was the sun. And I probably I probably would have just clicked for you immediately if I had just said that. But, you know. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> not a smart man. <laughs> Dominic can vouch for that one, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Don't agree with me so quickly, man. At least think about it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned Uematsu kind of, you know, being good at the, at the sad stuff. Have you listened to much more of Uematsu, or, is, or is, are, you, are you more familiar with just the Seven soundtrack? I'm pretty much just familiar with the Seven soundtrack, Okay. unfortunately. That's all right. There's just so much stuff out there, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to delve into. <laughs> I can probably point you in some directions there. Now, yeah. one of the uh, like one of my favorites of his is uh, Celeste's theme from Final Fantasy VI. That one is it's super sad. And do do you know the opera scene for Final Fantasy VI, or at least familiar with it? Nope. Nope. Okay. So <laughs> the big thing of Final Fantasy VI was that a lot of people kind of remember is it has this opera scene, and it has we'll say the Super Nintendo's attempt at opera voices in there, <laughs> opera singing. And it really kind of comes across as a garbled mess a little bit. The remake in the game or the Game Boy Advance version they did a f- God almost said a few years ago. It's like a decade or more now at this point. So it wasn't just a few years ago, but time keeps slipping and I don't know where it's going. But anyway, um, that one kind of cleans it up a little bit, but it kind of loses some of the charm. But the theme where Celeste, one of the characters from the game, uh, she's she basically fills in as one of the characters in the opera and she sings this song and it's her theme throughout the whole thing. And it's very sad and depressing. And it's a little weird to have her sing. Cause it's just this <laughs> sound and it's just, yeah, it's a little strange, but listening to that theme, that is still like one of my favorite themes in video games. And I just, I love that theme. I was listening to it quite a bit yesterday just for reasons. And it just really, as I, I go back and listen to that. I'm like, God, I love this track. It's just, it's hit so much for me, and I will, uh, I'll at the very least send you a link to it so you can listen to it, and then the opera version of it that's so, so silly. <laughs> okay. I think you'll yeah. like, uh, I think you'll, I think you'll kind of dig that one. There's a lot of, a lot of melancholy moments in Final Fantasy VI, a soundtrack, and there's a couple things in there, too, that, like, thinking about it now, now that I've, like, I'm more familiar with your work, really strike me as something almost, like, in your style. I'd be like, I think Megan would kind of dig this, so I think I'm going to go through that soundtrack, I'll dig it up, and I'll start, uh, I'll start linking you to some stuff there that you can listen to. <laughs> yeah, you should. 
I'm trying to think what other game. Um, I feel like people don't talk about Portal 2's music very much. And I love the Portal 2 music. It mixes with the environment very well. Like, there's a lot of, like, you know, industrial sounding sound design. And, yeah, the music is, you know, electronic. But some of it's, like, very ambient sounding. And I think it works very well in the game. Hmm. That's one I actually haven't listened to. The... I'm one of those morons that uh, the when I think portal music, I think the uh, you know the ending theme from the portal, or from the original portal. Just yeah. Well, that one's also great. I love that song. <laughs> I I did so funny. And I think it got overplayed, and I think it killed it for me. But I think if I heard it now, I'd probably find it amusing again because it's you know the the whole meme thing of it has been long dead, thankfully. So yeah, <laughs> putting well, a little I distance played... between it has helped. What. I said putting a little distance between the between it being you know the most popular thing on the internet to to today has helped uh, I think make it a little bit more tolerable for me again. Yeah, totally. Um, I played Portal and Portal Two like a couple years after they came out because I got into games late, as I said. So I think I missed all the like memeness of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you did so yourself a favor that... then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. I uh, I was working at GameStop at the time when it came out, and boy, if you didn't think every customer that came in for the next like two three months telling me the cake was a lie, I thought they were clever. <laughs> Jeez. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll take this and um and uh, oh, did you know the cake is a lie? I'm like, what? The the, the cake is a lie. I'm like, oh, I get it. You do you think just saying a line from a video game is funny because it's a meme? Okay. Here's your receipt. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, yikes. <laughs> yeah, awkward. Very, very awkward working there at times. So. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the game soundtracks I like are indie games and people are just like, okay, I don't know that game. <laughs> I I absolutely love going through Bandcamp um, and the video game music category just to see what's new. Even if it's a game I, I don't want to say I have no interest in playing or just know I'll never get around to playing. Like, Celeste, I listened to the soundtrack and I really love that soundtrack, but I'm never going to play that game. <laughs> oh yeah, same. I love that soundtrack. I'm bad at games, so any game where people are like, oh, this is so difficult, I just won't play because I know <laughs> I won't be able to get very far in it. It was free on, I think, Xbox Games with Gold last month, and I gave it a shot and damned if I didn't make it like six levels in. I was like... No, this is going to be a frustrating experience for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and check out. Thanks. Yeah, usually I'm not like super into the kind of chiptune sounding stuff, which is probably weird for a game composer. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I really like that soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Josie Breckner, who we mentioned earlier, also did the music for a game called Blossom Tales, which is also in kind of a chiptune type style and i really like that too that was actually how josie and i became friends i had gotten a review code for the game and i was listening to it and there was one track in particular towards the end of the game that i really dug it just like in the game it really set the mood for you going to the last dungeon
it just really struck me, and I, I felt compelled to, like, track her down and just let her know, like, hey, this was great. I love this part. And we sort of became friends through that. And she ended up actually composing the theme song for our sort of now retired podcast for us after that, because I was like, you know what? I I love what you do, and I want to give you some work. And I, I, I would be flattered if you'd be willing to do this for us. So that's kind of what I try to do is people I whose work I admire and, you know, I could actually afford reasonably. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I try to track them down. I'm like, hey, I want to be able to hire you because, you know, everything that we do with the site comes right out of my pocket. So, you know, eh, money's a little, little rough sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, it's like if I can afford it, I, I definitely want to hire people I would consider friends even, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, nepotism, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real. Um of course, you like want to hire people who you actually like. Like people complain about people hiring their friends, but I mean, it totally makes sense. And yeah, <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah, I like hire instrumentalists to play on my stuff or whatever. Yeah, it just kind of makes more sense. It's like, well, I know I already get along with this person, so why don't I go ahead and do that? <laughs> yeah, and like you know, they're a trustworthy person. Yeah, it just makes sense. Absolutely. So, and that was how uh, you ended up composing a multimedia failures theme for us. That um, I gave you a rough, you know, maybe that's something we can talk about in a little bit um, before we wrap mm -hmm. up here. Is I gave you kind of a rough outline of what I was sort of looking for, and I feel bad because, like I said, when I'm looking for something, I sort of like, hey, this is kind of what I want. How hard is it to go off of like something that simple and then create something? It kind of depends on who you're working with, but I mean, you actually gave me two pretty specific examples I remember, and they had some stuff in common. So usually if people can give me at least two examples of what they like, uh, you know, music-wise, just send me some tracks, I can kind of listen and see what the tracks have in common and kind of go from there, like write something in that style. Um, if it's super vague, it kind of <laughs> depends. It can be hard if somebody's like, yeah, just do whatever. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then just sit there with a one, one note pressed down on a keyboard. Here you go. You ask for whatever. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> yeah. But it's really when people get too specific, that's the hardest, I think. Okay. Um, Especially because a lot of the people who do that um, aren't musicians, so they're asking for things sometimes that just don't make musical sense. <laughs> or, yeah, just, I don't know, trying to follow very, very specific directions is a lot harder than vague ones, I think. Because with vague ones, if I do it wrong, you know... If it was something you didn't like, then you can be like, okay, well, I didn't like this and this about it. And then we kind of, you know, narrow it down from there to what you like. Because sometimes people don't know exactly what they want right away, and that's okay. And we can kind of work together to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Now, Dominic, as the actual music composer out of the two of us, too, have you run into that issue before where you get something in mind and you sort of have this, like, thing and it just sort of changes or anything along those lines no yeah all the time man well my music constantly changes it's never i never go into it with like a set idea because i'm constantly recording 
what I usually do is I'll, I'll turn on my, my program and just record everything that comes to mind. It's it's so it's constantly changing. Yeah. Interview was weird. Cause I had to follow, have each layer follow like a very specific set of parameters. So, cause you know, you have oh, how many different possibilities are there? I think I did the math and there's like 300 different possible combinations or something. And there Sweet was no God way Almighty. I could test them all out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so basically I, had to follow a very specific set of rules for what I could compose for each layer. And that was really weird for me. Um, I'm not used to working under super strict parameters like that. And I ended up redoing things a bunch of times. There's one layer that comes in for the question where she asks how you'd feel if she left you alone of the place mm-hmm. where you're interviewing and one of the answers is anxious and that layer i actually rewrote like a week before the game came out because oh, i God. just kept hating everything <laughs> i <laughs> had written for it before i like how it came out but yeah that was <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that was sort of the one that sticks out in your mind of like why can't i get this down why can't i pin it down Yeah, exactly. And yeah, just having these very strict rules. I mean, it forces you to be creative in a way because you're like, okay, I have to figure out how to make something fit within these strict parameters, but still sound cool. But yeah, it's hard. I can only imagine. Like I said, talking to you now and then Dominic, when he's mentioned like recording stuff and composing, I'm just boggled at how that works in your brain sometimes i just like i said i sit down and i look at it i'm like oh i oh god i don't know how you guys do it like the whatever creative side in your brain that's required to do that stuff it is just not there for me i i can appreciate it but i cannot do it myself so it's it's really great like i said having people that i know that are capable of that stuff because it's really cool seeing it come together yeah Thank you. And I think I actually have an easier time writing for something like, you know, if I have a film on screen and I'm trying to follow the action that's going on or like this game where, you know, I'm writing music for specific moments. I have a harder time writing the music for my albums or EPs because I'm just like, what do you mean I can do anything? (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's a lot of choices. (laughs) See, Dominic, maybe that's where you uh, you need to start doing that. You need to start freelancing for somebody and get you uh, get you a little narrowed down a little bit, maybe. <laughs> yeah, when I'm ready to start structuring things out, definitely look into that. See how it goes. Yeah. So, Dominic, as far as like composing goes, are you still like not, I don't want to say like trying to find your your groove of sorts, but are you working on that where it's a lot of like you're trying different things, or is it more you're just I don't want to say like you found it and you're working on that if that makes any sense whatsoever like have you do you think you found what you're trying to do or are you still experimenting a lot with that um i'm constantly experimenting but the thing with the way i write my music there's literally no structure behind it 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 just kind of comes out i've noticed there's a lot of people that enjoy writing with structure for example like viewing something and writing for what you're watching as far as that goes, I, I've never really tried it, so maybe that's something to ex- experiment with. I don't know. I usually just, like I said, there's really, I I know I found my sound. That's for sure. Okay. I've never really like tried to find it though. You know what I mean? So it's never, like I said, it's never really been structured. It's just kind of 
all these ideas put together. It's really nothing that I've actually worked on. It's, it's really hard to explain, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, especially just well, to an uneducated dolt like myself. So go ahead, Megan. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's good that you at least found your sound. It. I feel like it took me a while. Like there was a while where I just straight up sounded like a copy of Philip Glass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's only been in the last few years or so that I've really figured out like the Megan Karn sound. So that's huge just finding your own musical voice i think yeah definitely so megan do you write a little bit more structured like do you like like forgive my ignorance in all of this so like i said (laughs) this is going to sound as dumb as as i can possibly make it i i I assure you of that much do you like actually like put down notes and stuff or you just kind of like okay this is what i'm trying to do and then work the instruments together in a way and see how that works usually more the second it kind of depends like on the project and what I'm trying to do. But yeah, it's usually more just kind of experimenting and seeing what happens. A lot of times I actually just improvise and build pieces of music around the parts of the improvisation that I like. Yeah, I don't go about it in a very structured way, usually. Okay. Interview was the exception to that because, like I said, I had a very specific set of rules I had to have each layer follow. But yeah, generally it's more kind of loosey goosey. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I I sit there and I think about like, oh, I'd love to do something like that, but I just the, it's so intimidating to think about doing and then listening to like the two of you listening to your stuff, and it's just like I. I, it's it's just not there for me, man. It sucks. I'm just like, but it's great because I've got creative friends who are capable of doing this. And like I said, Dominic, on your end, you being able to break down stuff for me and I can just point it out to you like, hey, this is really cool. And it does something here at this point that I like and I don't know why it feels like it changes it. You're perfectly capable <laughs> of explaining like, oh, well, this is why it changed this and this took over his lead and da 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 da. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it isn't just because it blooped differently than it blooped before? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's good to be able to do that, to, like, listen to music and know what it's doing, and just because it, you can then, like, use some of those tricks in your own music. I guess sort of trying to get Dominic back in the conversation here a little bit more. Do you think, having listened to as many game soundtracks as I've been, like, forcing down your throat lately, has that changed anything for you personally? You know, not really, honestly. I don't want to say I've heard it all before, but I've heard it all before in the artists that I listen to. I got you. We even mentioned, oh God, I forget who it was or what game we were even talking about. Maybe it was Shadow of the Ninja, but you had mentioned like, was it Iron Maiden? Mm. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the tracks uh, reminded me of Iron Maiden. So it was, uh, there are a lot of similarities in that track. And that's what I mean. You know, it's, it's almost like I've heard all the stuff before, right. you know. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Music's I, all... And know, see, just what was different that? combinations of notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's really everyone copies each other, and it's fine <laughs> as long as you're not like blatantly ripping someone off. I think everyone knows that people are influenced and borrow from each other, and I feel like once you realize and accept that, it kind of makes it easier to write music because you're not so scared of being original of course you want to be original but if you're worried about sounding 
too much like someone else, I feel like that limits you. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's paying homage maybe versus uh, doing the uh, ice ice baby slash under pressure thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, you no, might no, not even different. realize. <laughs> like, usually I don't do it consciously. Like, oh, I'm going to like try to sound like Thomas Newman here. Uh, <laughs> but maybe like afterwards I'll be like, oh, like, whoopsie doodle. I might have kind of like drawn from the Wally soundtrack for that a little. Like, it kind of sounds a little like that. Like, that's cool. Like I drew on that influence without realizing it, you know, yeah. as long as it's not straight up, just copying the melody or something. Yeah. And trying to play stuff over top of it, basically to kind of cover it up maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, uh, Dominic, did you ever listen to that, uh, thing of Coldplay and Joe Satriani I sent you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you see, yeah. Did you see what I mean? Like, like I, I, that was sort of like, I, I'm not really a big fan of Coldplay, but that they were talking about that on a, a radio show I listened to and I was listening to like the Joe Satcher or anything. And I was like, Oh man. And then I heard the Coldplay song. I was like, Oh, Oh wow. Coldplay's, uh, that's not influence. That's, uh, that's the same riff nearly. <laughs> Holy mm-hmm. shit. Oh yeah. Same riff, same key. Yeah. It, that it one's, was ridiculous. Uh, that one's pretty blatant. Yeah. And then, um, I will completely forgive you if you haven't listened to it. The link to the, or link between worlds episode we did of this podcast. There, was more than a little bit of a hint of one winged angel in the main villain's theme in uh, Link Between Worlds. Oh, really? So much so that it was like nearly, uh, Dominic, could you say beat for beat the same chanting even? Yeah, pretty much. It was, <laughs> it was pretty much the exact same thing. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like I said, I, I'm okay thematically if they kind of, you know, borrow a little bit. And I'm hoping part of me, like I said, that that, that composer was like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and just do this and it'll be sort of a funny goof. Like, oh, I'm comparing this guy to Sephiroth, you know, not, oh, I'm going to do this and hopefully nobody catches it. Because the first time I said that and I listened to it, I'm like, I, I know this from somewhere. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's one wicked angel. Holy shit. It's like, you didn't even go anything subtle. Like that was, that's like one of the most popular Final Fantasy songs in the world. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty intense. So, like, Dominic and I were at work, and I was texting him, like, "Here, listen to this, and then listen to this, and tell me if I'm crazy." <laughs> and thankfully, it wasn't crazy. It wasn't just my stupid head putting things together that weren't there. So, <laughs> I I normally don't like calling out negative things, but that one, I was just like, "That is too blatant. That we can't, we can't just gloss over that, right?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Anyway, I think I'm good on questions there. Megan, do you have any other uh, like soundtracks you wanted to bring up? Or mm, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dominic, did you have any of anything else you wanted to add? Nothing else. All right, man. All right. So that has been this episode of Rocket With Your Card Out. Sorry we missed the week before. Uh, you know, Dominic and I have, uh, you know, <laughs> physically tiring <laughs> jobs outside of this. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. But. If you want to help us continue to keep this podcast on a very regular basis, we just started our Patreon campaign, and we are looking for for a little a little shekel here and there to just uh, you know as as a, as a thanks for the efforts. And we would love to be able to do this weekly if we could, if we made enough money doing it. But you know that's that's neither here nor there. So uh, if <laughs> if you like this podcast enough and you want to hear us do it more frequently, go over to Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash Games and Junk. And you can support that. Support Multimedia Failure, which is the video game movie podcast I do with John Lucero and Vanessa Cahill that Megan composed our theme song for. So thank you for yeah. that, Megan. 
You're welcome. You absolutely nailed the feel I was going for when I wanted that theme song. <laughs> Thank you. I had fun doing it. And as far as plugs go, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Ariolo. We can get Dominic at Dominic Shred. You can follow the podcast at Roico Podcast. And you can follow Games and Junk in general at Games and Junk on Twitter. Uh, Megan, anything else you want to plug? You can follow me on Twitter at Megan Composer. And you should play my game interview <laughs> that we talked about before. It is inter dash view. And yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> what about your nice relaxing album that you put out a few months ago? Uh, yes. Go to my band camp. It's com. There are a couple recent things on there. There's the interview soundtrack. There's... An album called Rescores and More that's just kind of random film scores and that kind of thing that I've done for various things. And uh, probably my favorite thing on there is an EP called Unseen Places. So I feel like if you want to get into my music, that's a good place to start. Yeah, I think it's a great recommendation. So, and of course, I'll pull a go uh, into the show notes for you. This way, we can. This way, anyone listening can just, uh, you know, right from their uh, favorite pod player, can just click right over to all those links for you. So, Megan, thanks so much for coming on. I, I know the scheduling was a little hectic for us, and you know, we nearly had to back out of this one because of an unforeseen thing. But I'm glad. I'm glad you stuck it out for us. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope I was coherent. <laughs> you know what? If I can come across as coherent, don't worry. You did just <laughs> fine. So, and <laughs> Thank of course, you. you are you are welcome on anytime. If you ever have anything you want to plug or just want to come on and chat with Dominic and I, we'd love to have you back on. That would be fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, from Dominic and Megan and myself, thanks for listening to Rock Out with Your Card Up, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye.